All right, bet. One, two, one, two. Uh, Riz, count to three for me real quick. Make sure you have the right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You get that, Shawnee? Yep. All good? We're good. We're good. Yo, it's Ebro, Laura, and Rosenberg, and it's a special, special day. We are celebrating 30 years of Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. Um, obviously, Ebro wanted to be here. He's recovering from the knee situation. But... The Abbott, Bobby Digital, Prince Rakim, <laughs> RZA, the RZA Rector is in the building to celebrate. Bong bong. Thank you for thank you for honoring us to be here on this glorious holy day. Literally, RZA, you could argue, and I would, in my nerdy opinion, <laughs> this is the greatest day in the history of the whole thing between Midnight Marauders. And, and Wu Tang on the same day. No, this is this is definitely one of those days that you got to stamp as a a pillar day in hip hop, because what happens on this day is another layer of hip hop will be exposed and upheld and built upon. You know what I mean? Built upon. After before this, a lot of things wasn't allowed in. It wasn't it wasn't uh, commercially viable. You know what I mean? Did and you did you guys know going into that November 9th, like, first of all, did you know Tribe was dropping the same yeah, day? Yeah, I wanted to know. No, we <laughs> okay. never, no, we didn't know that. I mean, now, now, and to be honest, now, we don't we didn't know that the date was going to be the date, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it we, was moving around, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, we knew that the, uh, the album you know, was dropping, so we didn't have the... I mean, we may have had the exact day. I remember Steve Rifkin, like, on, on my back because of the date. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I, I probably didn't finish the album until <laughs> one minute before the deadline, oh you know what I mean? Yeah. Or one minute after the deadline type of thing. I'm, I'm known, I was known for that. But the idea that, um, you know, Tribe was dropping that day, uh, didn't we get Snoop, like, the same, same month? month? Same month. Yeah. Snoop, Snoop in the same month as well. Yeah. It was one of those. It was one of those months. November nineteen ninety three. I've, Laura, we're so blessed because the ages that we are, I like know. at fourteen years old, when you're really starting to discover. Right. You know, like that's right. to me when music discovery is yeah. at its best. I went to the store. This is when I first started going to Nobody Beats the Wiz right. to buy because we had in DC. We had the the Wiz was yeah. existed. Right. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. go to the store and buy it, and I didn't know. You know, when I bought the Wu Tang album. You know, I remember I got the first thing I ever got was the Protect Your Neck single, but I got that Protect Your Neck single after it was already on Loud. Right. I didn't get the Wu Tang Records one. Right. I knew it after you guys had already had already gotten a service by a major. But like, did anyone in the building suspect, including Steve, including you, including your brother, you know, um, that this was gonna be an iconic album? Like, did you really view it that way? Or, like, we're putting songs together, we've all been working, here's a body of our work. No, no, look, they say, uh, you know, history is, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But but when you talk about, of course, maybe Steve Rifkin didn't understand exactly what he had. Uh, my brother, you know, knew what, he, what we had, you know what I mean, Devon, because he, he was, you know, he grew up watching us do all of this, right? Um, but the persons who supremely knew, I would say me and Old Dirty almost would have guaranteed. Like, like if you if you to say, yo, you can you guarantee that this is going to work? It was like, yeah, we could guarantee it. Would you put your right hand up, and if it don't work, we chop your right hand off? Yeah. That's how confident we Why? was. Why did you know? What informed was it your experience being Prince Rakim? And what happened musically with you prior, what was it that informed you that this is going to work? Because you'd already been through, you and Jizza had both been through situations that didn't fully work. It didn't work, yeah. I mean, they they had, let, let's, I don't want to rewrite history. There was some success, right. but it didn't work the way you planned. In 93, hip-hop is different now, just in those few years since you first came out. Mm -hmm. What let you know, like, this aesthetic here? Because even though it, there was that hardcore sound at that time, y'all's hardcore sound was different than yeah. the other hardcore sound. But that's why I knew it was going to work. It was like I knew it was a missing ingredient. You know what I mean? 
you know, just 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 to put some context, and I, you know, I try to hold all that ego back. You know what I mean? But as some context is, you think about hip hop, right? When I learned hip hop, when the Jizzle learned hip hop, the Jizzle taught me. So let's start with that. So the Jizzle is probably the first master of hip hop of the second generation. Okay. Okay. So hip hop starts with our forefathers, Cool Herc. Uh, Grandmaster Flash, Melly Mel, Kumo D, Spoonie yeah. G, Curtis Blow, right. Cold Crush Brothers. Right? Are you going all the way to Run DMC or no? Stop no, before no. that. Run DMC are second generation. Okay, the beginning of second generation. Right. Same and, with Rock, Kim and Kane, etc. Right. And the Jizza is that. Okay. Okay. And he's getting his, he learned it in the Bronx from the foundation. Right. And so when they're doing it in the parks, we're the kids in the parks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so. When the other artists who did break through with great hip-hop abilities, KRS, what you said, Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, right? It still was some a, a, a group of them that didn't break through, and that was us. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? And so after, to me, I felt like everybody had, um, you know, creatively exposed and done what they're going to do. But this borough, this sound, this vibe, this team had not. So it, really, it, what, so really, you guys should have timeline-wise come through with those guys before you, but they cut through and y'all didn't. Yeah, you can so say that. So now you got to sort of gain knowledge and and did the work sitting back to be like, how do we break through? Yeah, you could say that we should have been through with that group of brothers because they're, you know, if you look at who uh, we love you, Rakim's what eighty nine, eighty nine, yeah. So that that's Nin, right. 90, ninety, right? Recorded in eighty nine comes so out. So it would have been like Kane's second album, right. Eric and Rakim's second third album, right, but right. still right there right in there. there, and maybe a couple of years younger or a couple of the same age as some of them. But point being made is, so now you got this collection, and it just felt like as a hip hop lover, not only as a creator but as a lover, it's like yo, this makes me feel how that made me feel. You know what I mean? Yeah, and. And, and the difference about it, too, at that time, it was unapologetically it. It wasn't like trying to be what else was there. It was like, this is what it is. You know what I mean? That's how hip-hop started. Hip-hop started with, that's what it is. Yeah, thriving on individuality, of yeah. course, of course. I want to know, I want you to talk about, I feel like for the generation right now when you see old dirty's kids like rap his lyrics but let's go back to young old dirty like the spark mm. that you saw in him how you as a producer were like yo i see how i can shape this into him being a complete star can you talk uh talk a little bit about that well he was he was he was born to be a star in all reality even if he would have just danced <laughs> like he says he always had this attraction this magnetic attraction you know what i mean from when you guys were little yeah we was little like we go to the to the to the family party he got two girls on him he's dancing in the middle of the party okay <laughs> you throw on the song he's singing the song out loud and you sitting there watching he never he's he was never shy right right, right? i was actually shy he was never shy you know what i mean but what i was the thing about him it was when it came to the hip-hop as the, you know, you hear one of his old interviews. So, you know, he said, "Rakim used to beat me up and make me write rhymes." Yeah, I forced that, forced it on him, like because hip hop was such a love for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when he got it, because he's such a natural talent, he just took it and was able to just ex like make it exciting. Like he was like one of his lyrics: uh, "Niggas want to get up and rap and rap and rap and rap and rap." Man, fuck that. Right. Shit that I make is the hit. <laughs> like, like it's a show. You got no time for all of that other things that everybody is thinking. He knew that his karma, his energy, his uh, I mean his aura, his mm -hmm. energy was 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 just dominant. As as Ray said it before, I, I think we could quote him, it's like dirty was can be considered the soul of the group. You know what I mean? That, that, that's, that's a great way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. Hey Shawnee, am I is the uh, Bluetooth in uh queue? Can we hear Bluetooth if I hit this? Like, tell us a little bit about, about this. Let's just start right at the beginning as we celebrate 36 Chambers with the RZA. <laughs> what? The radio version. <laughs> this is always so crazy. <laughs> but why with the trigger? Shame on the who's tried to run game 
Did did you know what was the plan on that record? Did you was there any conversation or is you you playing that beat and Dirty's just taking it that direction and it ends up being called Shame on her just because that's where he goes? <laughs> right. Or was that the plan? No, 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 no. That's where he went. Like that's one of those joints where Dirty comes to the studio late, right? I'm kind of in there, you know, waiting for him. He comes in. You know, a little bit of debate about being late. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then he goes... Spirited conversation. Yeah. Then he goes in the booth and spits this song in one take. Wow. Okay? And that's why, you know, even like, same on the top. He just kept going. You know what I mean? The mistakes, everything. He just kept going. And, and, when I, and I said, yo, all right, now kick it again. <laughs> He's like, now I'm for God. That's it. They're going <laughs> to love it. Now i for God. They're going to love it. And he was right. You know what I mean? I, th- I, thought, he should, I thought he should kick, you know, producers. All right, now do it, you know. But he, he, his, his, he, he knew that the capturing of the raw moment, right, is the best form of music. You know what I mean? And I could say we all had that in us in a way. But as you start doing it more, you start questioning it. He never questioned. He never... It's always the rawest essence yeah, of it. Yeah, but he it also says a lot does. about you that you trusted. You were like, no, no, no. You know, because I, I could see you being like, no, we got to do that again. We got to perfect it. We got to make it a certain way. But you were like, you saw the beauty in it. And you're like, this is it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, if, like I said, I definitely asked him to do it again. But when, when he didn't, I was like, all right. Now I gotta do as a as a producer right. and sounds and chop the beat and do, do all the that. things to make it work. Yeah, you know I what love I mean? the I love just to completely uh, nerd out on this subject. I love the balance the 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 intersection of old dirty on Shame on a versus Method Man right. who comes in so precise. Right, your RZA, your RZA, hit me with the like everything. So you know, right. it's just the the contrast of their styles is right. so different. And then Ray comes in. Which you don't even expect that he comes in short. Yeah. He comes in quick, eight bars, then go, and then Dirty does that second verse and goes bananas. Because on that second verse, for me, it's like, it's like anybody who thought ODB don't got bars or ODB ain't going to bust you, you know, lyrically bust you, but knock you out, let's call it. Nah, he did it. I come with that old loco style. Oh, oh yeah, let's hold on. with a bear. Bobby. I'm no joker, play me as a joker. Be on it like a house on fire. Smoke ya. Who's be acting like the gangs anyway? Be like, warriors, come out and play it. Burn me? <laughs> got burned once, but that was only gonorrhea. Later he says he got burned twice. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, Shani. Go ahead, Shani. Um, so I've been watching the Wu-Tang Saga show. Congratulations with my son. Thank you. Just introducing him to what this whole Wu-Tang is, and he he loves the show. Thank you. But there's a scene specifically with you and ODB mm-hmm. where you signed him to, uh, well, he wanted to be signed to Def Jam, mm-hmm. and y'all got into a physical confrontation. I want to, How real is that? Did he actually punch you and try to beat you down? or? Yeah, look, I mean... <laughs> Good question, right? Because that was a big moment in the no, show. No, like, no, 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 no. We and it definitely got into a um, into a physical. You know what I mean? Over the Def Jam, over thing. the Def Jam in the train station, right? Um, the difference. Look, I'm gonna leave it for for the for the show. You know, you know, you know, because OD, ODB was was you know he's my older cousin, but yet my student. You know what I mean? Um, and at the end of the day. The way it went is the way that it's supposed to win, the way that I, I designed it for designed it to go. Um, he was definitely super upset. Um, if I could share with you this, okay. Please. Forget the physical part, you know what I mean? That's right. Y'all are cousins, like yeah, those the physical. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. But everyone, including him, agreed that I'm the abbot and I'm driving this bus to the destination. Nobody can't say nothing. For five years, my decision 
is the decision, dictatorship. And everyone agreed on Everybody that. Everybody agreed on that. You can't go back on that. Mm-hmm. When we have agreed. And so even though he disagreed at that time, he had to agree because we already agreed. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. You know this I mean? is the plan. Yeah, this is this it. Is the, right. So why did you feel so strongly about Electra for Dirty? Because the because first of all, you know, if you look at Electra at the time, they was doing okay success. They didn't have a gold artist in hip hop yet. You know what I mean? They didn't have Busta hadn't gone solo yeah, gold yet. Yeah, there's no gold artist yet. You know what I mean? They got some good MCs and some some and Dante Ross, the great A and R. Right. But it hasn't been uh, that the gold success that they needed to get to. So my thing was every label should get a, a woo vibe to help elevate the the label, the culture, the money, everything. Because I because I was like, this is everybody going to pop. You know and I mean? there's power in having it distributed exactly. across multiple labels. Multiple and labels. And Meth already was at Def Jam. Meth was at Def Jam. Um, we already talked with Steve about he wanted to keep Ray. Yeah, he, wanted Ray he, he wanted Ray and Jizza. But then, but Geffen came too strong, you know what I mean? Which we was like, nah, we're going to go with Geffen. Who came with the biggest solo deal overall? I think Geffen at the time, because Geffen just came, and, and those numbers is different, but Geffen just came with a half a mil for Jizza, you know what I mean? And at that time, you heard that Showbiz and AG had got a quarter mil, remember that? Mm-hmm. Yo, Showbiz and AG just got 250,000, we like, yo, 250? Like, that sound like Brit lot of bricks, you know what I mean? Yeah, and so, and so, so, so Jizza signed for a half, that's why Ghost like, Jizza signed for a half, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, so he caught the half of him, so he caught the biggest solo deal at the time. And then wow. even you with um, Grave Diggers went to G Street. Yeah. Like, everyone literally went someplace else. Yep. And everything went gold and platinum. Um, so, the industry, so, 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 so the industry is getting another boost of talent, right, that, um, that also now there's other MCs. Like, even with the Grave Diggers, now you had, like, 50 groups that was maybe somewhere in New York City now they coming out making their demos, you know what I mean? On the same vibe, you know what I mean? With Method Man, you know, you get other artists who want to kind of rap and throw some melodic voice into it. All that's, everything is getting a chance to realize that you can go ahead and expose yourself versus the, uh, the cookie cut that was starting to be part of our industry. You know what I mean? Like, you could buy an album back in those days and everybody had a reggae song on it. Everybody got an R&B song. And like, it was always... But our R&B song, well, all I need was filthy, dirty, even though it had the sample of, right, of that. Raw. Yeah, it was like, yeah. nah, we, we don't, we don't, we don't want to, we're not watering it down. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, what when people say, well, let me say this: is Enter the Wu Tang of all these albums, which all mean something to you as you exact produced so many of them, is Enter the Wu Tang the greatest Wu Tang album of all time? I'll just leave that to the people. I don't know. But I would say it's definitely the the most blessed one because it's the one that got us in and blessed us. And and we're celebrating 30 years of it. And if nobody, you know, I, I did an interview with a young lady who wasn't even born when it came out. And she said it was her introduction to hip hop. Mm. So how did she find it? I don't know. But it seems to be almost like a rite of passage uh, for a lot of people. So it's our most blessed album, and it means the it, it means the most to us because it's our foundation. But the album, and I just say this out loud, but the album that makes me feel like uh, that cements us is Wu Tang Forever because we're making a bona fide statement. You know what I mean? Like, yo, you entered us. We went through some albums, some solos, and now we're telling you, nah, Wu Tang Forever. Do you feel an extra level of pride at this point that? Wu-Tang Forever, you guys dropped a double album, which was mad expensive at the time, relative. Like, when those double albums drop, they cost you nearly 20 bucks. Yeah. And you have to go to the store. On every, for the young people <laughs> listening, this is a real real life. Yeah. You go to the store, you fork over 20 bucks, and you guys went platinum, multi-platinum eventually, with Wu-Tang Forever. Now do you look back at that and just want to go, wow. Because, like... Bro, these days, well, the numbers we see people do, they're all completely hard to read because it's all streams. It doesn't right. require the investment. Are you proud of that that level to which people are wanting to support Wu-Tang, that they're forking over that kind of money and 
in the way that they did it, how quickly they did it? No, they're definitely, definitely proud of it. Definitely a blessing when you when you think about somebody who has to wait in line, right? So has the patience to wait in line, <laughs> to dig in their pocket and hand out money. It's different than pressing a button. Absolutely, wait, you know it's a I mean? whole different experience. I remember. Okay, so Workman's Outlet. In, in Los Angeles in the 90s. It was mm-hmm. just like a hip-hop hub. You know, anybody who grew up in Los Angeles knows. But I just remember, not only was there a line, and it was a party because everyone's waiting, albums blasting, the anticipation of not only buying the album, praying that they don't run out. <laughs> yeah, That's another thing. right, right, right. Because <laughs> you're there waiting, you pray that they don't run out of these physical copies. And don't forget also, another <laughs> another thing that was a banger in, in, in the D.C. area at least, and I'm sure they probably at the one in L.A. and in New York too, the Monday Midnight Tower Records release. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get it early, right? <laughs> that Monday Midnight. Yeah, you know what's crazy when you think about it in hindsight? Um, so, you know, it's a double album. Like you said, it's costing 20 bucks, right? 25 bucks, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? to be, and, and the record label presses them up and ships 2 million copies on day one. If you run that number, let's say, say you run your 20 or 25 by 2 million, you're talking about $50 million. That's, that's, movie, that's movie numbers. You know what I mean? Movie numbers. That's movie numbers. You know what I'm saying? Back when, when numbers were hard. So, you know, I didn't think about it then, but you look back in the hindsight, because even if you, could, if you could drop a movie that costs you four, $5 million to make, and you hit... 10 times. Yeah. You know, you know what kind of business you're in? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, so. it's it's really remarkable yeah, when, it's you think about that. when you think about it. Yeah. Did did was it hard? We just played this shame on a radio mix, which I always thought was hilarious when it came out, and it was the video version. Was it hard to get dirty to come back and redo stuff like that when you're like, bro, we got to do a radio? It's a single now. <laughs> like he, he had to be like, what? Yeah, I mean, no, you know what? One thing about old dirty bastard, he was actually very. Um, Professional at the time that it that it was mandatory, like you know what I mean. When it was needed. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, he was, and he he you know he um, you, you go back and look at his first album and look at the the way he did it. Look at his his promotion, like, you know he's going to show up. You know what I mean. He's going to show up for his photos. He, if you think about his uh, his second album, um. I can say the word. Uh, yeah, you yeah, can. Yeah, 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 I'm not going to yeah, say yeah, the name please. of the album. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you can't say that. <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, 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 please. Nigga, please. Right? That's the name of the album, right? And he has on the Rick James yeah, wig yeah. and uh, ladies, uh, disposables, right? Uh, sanitary napkins and yeah, shit. Yeah, there you go. I'm like, yeah. He's that brave of an artist, Right? To do that. And the only other artist that I think was doing stuff like that when we was kids was maybe Wild Man Steve or or, or Blowfly. Right? And you know, and people don't, you know, realize that his old Dirty Bastard's first album can be considered the first hip hop comedy album. Okay? And then when you go back to his second album, same thing. Chris Rock is 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 basically Three or four tracks on the yeah, album. narrating almost. Yeah, narrating in a comedic way. So, so it's very interesting that he approached it that way, even though he was such a serious man. You know what I mean? But he actually approached it with an artistry of freedom, uh, and he wasn't shy to, to, to actually make you laugh. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the th- part that always blew my mind about uh, the second album, or the first album, was the first words we heard from it. Uh, was Brooklyn Zoo. Right. And, like, you guys had already sort of cultivated this style, of course. This Wu-Tang style was everywhere. It, w- it was bending our ears in ways we hadn't quite heard hip-hop before. Um, but Brooklyn Zoo, uh, True Master did it, right? Yeah, True Master, Dirty. So Dirty and True Master composed the track together, um, and I had to come in and just make sense of it. But they, they composed the So you the track. still are in on that uh, Oh, oh, yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. thing. Because yeah, you, course, you executive course. produced the album. So you're yeah. still, so they'll come to you with a concept, say, here's what we've done so far. Yeah. So I didn't, like, not to be, I don't exist executive produce. I'm the producer. Right, right, right. right. It's yeah, not an it's, executive producer in the way that executive producer is often tossed around. Yeah. Where you oversee. Yeah. You're putting hands on yeah, everything right. that yeah, happens. Yeah. So they give you, so what happens in the case of like a Brooklyn Zoo where you are not the first producer listed? Yeah. So in Brooklyn Zoo, 
Dirty and True Master hanging in the studio. They make a track, right? Uh, they tell me, yo, we got a banger, right? Because I, I, I bought Dirty an ASR. Oh, really? Yeah. So he, so he, so he, he actually had, he comes with the, the drum version of it. True Master came with the, um, the, 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 the chord Piano? chops, yeah. right? And then they play it and it sounds dope. And Dirty uh, bust some lyrics, and I was just like, yo, okay, sounds nice, yo. Um, Ludo, all you need is like a string in it. So I add the string to it, so it goes. Like the, 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 yeah, yeah, hold the, on, let's, let's give it a look. Yeah. First of all, the fact. Oh, shit. The song literally starts thing saying shit, word, I'll right. bust that ass right now. So that's so that's true master with the with the court movements, right? It's a fantastic job. Who's that? Who's the lady? Who's the lady yelling in the background? No, I don't know who that is. I'm the one man on me, a song. I've never been taken out. I keep chose the beat to go this way. It's a different, it's a different place other than the drum drop than, than normal. Yeah. In the G building, taking all the drugs and medicines. No, all I am is all I am is that 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 one strain on the keyboard. While I be coming with deeper and more shit, enough to make you break and shake your ass and knock the game. Right, that's it. That's it. Just to make it like turn off the other, other sounds. Right. You weren't concerned though. You guys are so hot off Enter the Wu Tang, and here come the solo albums. And the most anticipated at the time, I think, even though obviously we know what happened with the purple tape when it was all said and done, but at the time was probably people were anticipating to Cal and Return to the 36 Chambers because right. Old Dirty and Meth were so pronounced that time it starts. This is an insane choice as a first single. <laughs> for a guy not, that you... Not to us. Yeah, to, but for, in retrospect, you have a guy who you said, you're like, Electra doesn't have a golden platinum artist yet. We could have that with Old Dirty. Right. What's the first single? It's just going to be him going off for three and a half minutes <laughs> right. and then yell Brooklyn Zoo at the end. Yeah. Like you, how did you know that that and would you were right. And, and you, you were right. right. And it's a straight <laughs> classic. Yeah, it was like, it's, it's hip-hop. <laughs> If it ain't, see, that's the thing that we can say, right? If it ain't nothing, it's hip hop. Facts. <laughs> if it ain't nothing, <laughs> it's hip hop, and that's what that's what that was our argument at the time. You know what I mean? So all of our great hip hop creators, um, sometimes you could actually say that some of their songs was jazz, some of their songs was pop, some of their songs was R and B, some of their songs was. But for what we was doing at that time, it was no other definition for it but hip hop. You know what did, I mean? Did you have an argument about Brooklyn Zoo? Was there a back and forth about it? Nah. Everyone agreed. Everybody. This is... Listen, we was before before the world heard it. That thing played in our vans and our cars and our MPVs. Everyone like, messed everybody, with it. Everybody. But y'all was... had to know you were sitting on Shimmy Shimmy Ya. Or oh, did you not have it yet? No, no, we had Shimmy. Shimmy was so we always thought like this. And I uh I think um if you think about hip hop, I think this is true in the early days of hip hop. Like the B side is always like like when Biz and Heavy D did that, uh, rhyme, you know, or Kane and Bismarck rhyming. Just rhyming bits, yeah. yeah, right. It's, it's it's the B sides that 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 we was flipping on, right? And so it's like, nah, well, let's make the B side the A side. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's Brooklyn Zoo, right? exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then of course we knew Shimmy would be what it's going to be. Shimmy was a top forty, right? Dirty. Crazy. You know what's crazy about ODB? Dirty is has the most top 40 songs out of Wu-Tang. Oh, yeah, of course. Because then you got Got Your Money later, too. You got Your Money, Ghetto Superstar, Ghetto Superstar. Fantasy. Oh, yeah. he's the, Fantasy. He's, he's the top 40 guy out of the crew. Yo, you know what makes me happy every time? I wonder if you've had this experience. I'm sure you have. When I, Whether I'm DJing or whether I'm just at an event, it's amazing to see how everyone to this day, people who are 25 years old, 30 years old, will sing along to Dirty's part on Fantasy. Of yeah. course. When that yeah. Mariah, yeah. you yeah. you can only play right. the remix with Dirty. Right. And his part is the part. It's just so crazy because you know that he did it so loosely. Right. And it's lived on for 30-some, you know, know, almost 30 years. Wow. Hey, Mariah. Yeah. Go that back like babies and pacify Every part. Liar. Kicking fantasy. Hot like fire. They'll keep going the whole verse. Right. 
Now, speaking of B-sides, by the way, RZA, and we're celebrating 36 Chambers, 30 years. And by the way, if you're in New York and you're hearing this, tonight you can catch RZA along with a, an orchestra performing Enter the Wu-Tang. Yeah. Also, there's a movie that's uh, premiered now and is moving around. We don't know when we'll all be able to see the doc. Right. You can see the trailer, though. But you can see the trailer. <laughs> yeah, you can see the trailer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, about your what you did with Enter the Wu-Tang yeah. performance-wise at Red Rocks out in Denver, right? Yeah, so the film is called A Wu-Tang Experience. Um, we're going to premiere it at uh, Lincoln Center mm. on, on ODB's birthday. Um, Shawnee, what's ODB's birthday? He's a Scorpio. Nice. Fifteenth. He's good. He's good. He's good. I knew you know. He's good. Yeah. November. So that's the premiere at Lincoln Center. Yeah. yeah so there's a lot of celebrations oh, right now going on. Yeah. You know the one of the biggest, one of, not the biggest, proudest thing, but super, super, super cool for us, Rosenberg is um, we. They're gonna light up the Empire State Building, um, November 9th, into the Wu Tang colors. Wow. And that. You know, I, I was I started wow. off as a street messenger. You know what I mean? Taking packages and go through that door. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And Jizzle was a bike messenger. So think about that. You know, delivering packages to this building, uh, the building. So, so many times you just looked at it from from wherever you was at in the city, and uh, it's just an honor. You know, the mayor and the city are going to. Um, Light that up, black and gold. Black yo. and gold, yeah, huh? Boys, yeah, but black and yellow, as they say. You know that's what I mean? Fire. So, yo, that's a bong bong right there. Bon, that's a big bong bong. Uh, so, so while we're celebrating this, I got to ask you about. You brought up B sides. Don't know if there's ever been a bigger B side. This right here. Come on, fam. Yeah. Uh, why the song Method Man? Why did Method Man get his own song on the album? And again, did you have a, a hunch that this one would, would go off? Yeah. We, we uh, we'll let it play. I don't want to talk about it. All right, let's let it play for a minute, and then we'll, and we'll talk more with Rizzo about Method Man. Ask what you think about Brooklyn Zoo. He's actually he's using the same chord pattern. Listen. Oh, the. He just got his going slow. Yeah. Too bad, I caught you. <laughs> it's interesting when you think about what Meth does on that record, too. It's like, even though it's this hardcore beat and a hardcore record, He's actually doing a lot of pop culture references. Yeah. The whole yeah. thing is pop. It's kind of DOS effects like in that right. way, right? Like um, they want effects. Yeah, I'm mentioning yeah, a lot yeah. of different things that right. are happening. Right. So yeah, take us through making that record and, and what the process was. Well, the craziest thing is that Method Man is potentially one of the, I think, um, I want to say the oldest lyric on the album, <clears throat> but he might have wrote that when he was 16, 17. Wow. That had been in the, in the stash, the rhyme at least. Yeah, and no, and and, and we had a demo, like what? like that, like that was already a neighborhood hit. So we took it to a studio and did it over, and made it uh, for the album. But um, so is that why it ended up being the B side of Protect Your Neck? Like it's something you already had. Let's just throw it on the B side. Yeah, not just throw it. It was like we loved it. So the thing is about us, like we're we're going off of what we love, right? So so we so we all knew that song by heart. We all loved it, you know. And and Method Man was Shaquan until he made that song. You know what I mean? Then is Shaquan, you know, the Panty Raider. Then after he made that song, everybody in the hood called him Method Man. You know what I so, mean? So oh, his he literally was going just by Shaquan before he made the record. Yeah. So so, so the Method Man time, was almost like a nickname that he was saying, like he was. Yeah, yeah. And but then it, then it became, it the, became name that the name. He, wow. You know what I mean? That, I, I never, I never you, knew you, that. I, you that I didn't realize. So that. Method Man was just the chorus. It wasn't his name or the concept. It, it was, was the just, concept because like Method. Alter ego. Method right, is weed, right? Because right, right. Method is weed. Yeah. He's the king of smoking weed, so he's the Method Man. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. But, but I, 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 as a song, as a song, as a song is playing through the hood and everybody is loving it and singing it, you know, you know, after a year later, he's the Method Man. And then by the time we get to now, we're making Wu Tang, 
Wu Tang albums, you know what I mean? Because he's we already the Wu Tang yeah, yeah, yeah. clan already before the world knows that, you know what I mean? Um, but by the time we get to now, we recording this album, um, and we record the song. He's Method Man now, but prior to that song, he wasn't Method Man. But he decided to switch it, or you, or you or guys just were the streets like, decided. The streets. Yeah. No, it was it, it was it was a conscious decision of us as a crew. Like yo, yo, that's like you know. You but right yeah, but the, but the streets the streets did, you know. Push it. Yeah, push it. But that yeah, makes yeah, yeah. so much sense <laughs> now that I think about it. Because, see, Rizzo, this is something that to you is so built in that it's a nothing burger. Whereas to us, it makes so much sense. Because it was always a little weird that there's one song on the album named after a member. We thought named after the member of the yeah, album. Yeah. But that's not what it was. No, no, it no. was the name of a song yes. that then became the that's name of saying. a member. That's right. the crazy. But, Right, hold on, but don't know. But by the time you get it, that is his name. Right, right, right but still, right, right, but right. but not when it was created. Right, right no, right, right, and no. the song, and, and That's the crazy. and when the song was created, you always knew the song was called Method Man, obviously, because yes. it goes M E T H O D. Yeah, that's the name of the song. But it was by Saquon, the Panty Raider. Exactly, <laughs> yo, that's good. And he says. What exactly is a penny, a penny rate of mad times in the yeah, song? Yeah, because yeah. he's the penny that was his he name. Is the, what is the answer is him. He's the penny rate. Yeah. And then you throw the intro on after. Uh, right. So the, and right, you so just the, blew our minds. Right, so, yeah, so, so, so the intro. So now, now we're making it a song for the album. And um, of course, we're going to give him this song. And, and the, the beautiful thing about Wu is the brotherhood is so tight that, you know, if, you know, of course, I definitely said the idea of like, yo, we're gonna make Method Man the next single, right? Put it on the B side, but it's gonna be the next video, and and um, everybody was like, yeah, like everybody like supported the idea that we're gonna put the light on the God, all right? Again, a great so decision, you know and I mean? that's everyone signing up for the. Uh, I use you guys as the yeah. example every single time. Like when Migos first came up to the station, I'm like. Quavo, you're Method Man. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. they made a decision. Right. Let's see what happens with Quavo, because obviously right. people are taking to him. And you guys understood, yep. ladies like this guy, he's got bars, he's got a, there are all these pieces all the here. Energy, yep. And all it did was work for all of you, because people weren't selfish. Exactly. They allowed Those, it to be. And then, so but now, now, to glue, now to glue it, though, now how do you glue it? Okay, let's go back to the studio, record it over. Jizzle, you do the intro. Right? So from the slums of Shaolin. That's the Jizzle saying all right, that. Right? And then on the second verse, I say one line, go say one line. You enter the 36 chamber, your soul's been took. And, right? So now mm. you have the energy of us is of there. the group around it. Right. Yes. And the whole group is already named in list. Like you got this one. So you know how the old Kung Fu flicks used to come on? And it'd be like the 10 Tigers and shit. So, so it was also. Kung Fu movie inspired, like this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, and then like I think the movie was called Chinese uh, Super Ninja, right? And there's this one scene. I'm just take the scene. I get hyped when yeah, I talk please, about of this. Of course. <laughs> so, so the, they fighting, right? So now it's like one one side loses, right? And they and they kind of arrogant. Then it's like who else want to fight? And then the camera goes through and show you all of these ill looking faces. And then the kid who plays the Toad in the Five Deadly Venoms, he stepped into the frame like, I'll take him. <laughs> and then he goes in and whips his dude ass. I mean, yes. And so that's like how Method Man was. You know what I mean? Like, yep. here go all that. But you know what? You got all, you got the Wizard of the Jizz, old dirty bastards, back to that Raekwon, the chef, you got Ghostface Killer, and Method Man. And he goes and whips it. Did you guys know, did you guys know that that's Jizz's announcement at the beginning of that song? would be something that everyone would remember whenever anyone's trying to remember the names of Wu-Tang. I just no. saw Robert De Niro. You know that movie where Robert De Niro spits it in the movie? <laughs> right, right, right. You ever right. seen that? They're sitting the, around the, the thing, and Robert De Niro's like, the RZA, the Jizza, the <laughs> Like, it's a thing literally everybody knows. Um, did you know that part? Like, this is a good way to teach everybody the names? No, it wasn't. No, I would say it wasn't about teaching them the names. It was really uh, about just sh showing, sh you know, sh it was that I got described to you, like, I didn't know that it's gonna be like, yo, this is gonna be the way I remember these dudes. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right, right. Which, by the way, had some sense. downside. Later, I'm sure Capadonna and Master Killer were like, well, can we come up with a new version? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then it became a thing you guys do at so many shows, too. The right. RZA, the Jizza. Right. It was always, uh, I've heard different versions of it different times. Yeah, yeah. And we actually name everybody now Master Killer, Capadonna. Right, right. Now everyone's in. Mathematics. 
Um, you shot some mathematics. Um, so I had this thought the other day. I'm curious for your your thoughts or anybody else's thoughts on this. I believe, you know, the way history gets written, the winners always write history, right? And the biggest names always shine in a different kind of way. So the names get thrown around for who's the greatest MC ever, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I believe that you can have a reasonable argument where you should not be sort of laughed out of the room. I think it's a reasonable argument to say to someone, I think Ghostface Kill is the greatest rapper of all time. Mm. I think that is a reasonable conversation to have. I got, I got to agree with you, right? You know, I, I think that, you know, to be honest, and I'm not saying, I think multiple Wu-Tang members. I was going to say, because then I, as to, I say that, you be, can say, make the case about Raekwon yeah, as well I and think, Jism, yeah, right? I think multiple members in the Wu, if you take the lyrics, you know, look, hip-hop is hip-hop, and everybody's going to have their favorite. Sometimes the favoritism is there. Sometimes the taste of choice is there, right? But at the end of the day, if you think about inspiration, right, of, of, of even some of your greatest, the people who they say are the greatest have been inspired by Wu. For but sure. They didn't, but they didn't inspire Wu. Okay? I'm going to be straight up. They didn't, you know, they, they you know. Ooh, that's deep. Yeah. And that's even, deep. yo, I can go, I go say, I'll I go there and say about the producers as well. They didn't inspire me. I inspired them. Right, they right. went back and started like, yo, try this, yo, that, that, that. You know what I mean? So, but arguably, yeah, you could definitely say that because if you take the content of the lyric, right, and you remove it and you put it on a piece of paper, you hand it to college kids to read and study, then you will say, holy crap, these dudes were saying a lot, right? Maybe they didn't flow it. Maybe it went past your ear. Maybe you didn't even catch the pre-existence of the mathematical biochemical equation is a manifestation of rock, plant, air, fire, and water, which are in the basic formation of solid, liquid, and gases that form the land masses and the space catalysts and all this matter that exists in a dense third dimension. Mm. Right? Maybe you didn't catch all that. No, maybe not. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, maybe I didn't catch great. it right now. You know what I mean? Well, I'm trying. Dude. But as you go back and you study that, you're yeah. like, wait a minute, this is metaphysics, this is science, this is something that actually, if I study that, what makes skin, hair, epidermis, and fingernails regenerate, but everything else in your body disintegrate. So we wear Teflon vests so bullets can't penetrate. Mm. Like, so why, what is that? Right? It ain't, it ain't fly. Right? I would say that. It ain't fly now. You know what I mean? It ain't... You know, but you got that too. That's but why do I exactly? Fly. Yeah. Exactly. Then Put might, on Cam A. Exactly. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? We could get this this fly too. And then what Ghost do, does for us is, you know, Ghost pitch you right there. Like, call the ambulance. Jamie been shot. Here, he pitched you there in your mind and in your emotion. That's what I would say, especially about him. He almost takes that you said earlier. The, the, the line that Ray says that Dirty was the soul of Wu-Tang. In a lot of ways, Ghost was the ultimate combo of soul of Wu-Tang and skill of Wu-Tang mm. all mixed together. Right. He, what I always say about Ghost is, and I love every member of Wu personally and professionally, but Ghost, I, I have this awe of him because he is the genuine article. Right. Like you could have 50 MCs in a room and some of them will be the real deal. And some of them will be people who rap for a living. Right, right. There's not one person alive who can stand next to Ghost and feel that they are more the genuine article with this rap thing than Ghost is. Right. In every way. No, no, honestly. Not even that. just how he raps, how he moves. The whole. How, the whole, the everything. He's the walking, he's a walking body of it. He's the genuine article. There's, really, it gets yeah. no realer than that. And so yeah. I'm just always in awe. And by the way, and again, not to take away from all of you guys, but yeah, I just always wonder. And Ghost's longevity has been incredible. Oh, his, his, his voice his, quality to this day is in. Yeah, his, his, his discography, as they call Bro, it, Bro, right? do you see him at Hip Hop 50? Yeah. His, yo, his performance at Hip Hop 50? His chi was so up, yo. Yo, wasn't it? Was it like? His chi was up, bro. He was, he was, he, listen, Ghost is a diamond. Uh, he's a diamond. And the diamond remains a diamond. No matter what. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? He's Yo, no... I, I've seen you guys perform a million times. And that day at Hip Hop 50, and I don't know what the politics were about who was able to get paid to do what. So Ghost ended up being the one who got a set and brought meth with, you know, and everyone did their thing. There are different celebrations at different times. Ghost had the, and that on that day, Ghost had the Wu thing on his back. Exactly. And when he came out, and we've, I've given him props many times, props to Scram Jones. 
they, they put together yeah, a set, a crazy man. Set, yeah, it was a it was a work of art, man. I was. <laughs> we actually incorporated uh, five minutes of that set into the New York State of Monitor. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, because you know he did such a it was such a moment and such a see. Now, one thing about Ghost that we are you know you think about Thirty Six Chambers during the period of that album, you know the people who spend the most time together is me, Ghost, and Old Dirty. Right, we live together. We're traveling back and forth to Ohio together. We're so this is really the the core. Jizza is like we we you hopefully get to get Jizza. Jizza is the head. So he's he's my enlightener. So I'm around Jizza. I got to bring. I'm bringing the tea to him. You know what I mean? Right. It's like. And by the way, in terms of family breakdown, Jizza cousin, Jizza, yeah, Jizza's, dirty yeah, cousin, yeah. and Jizza's oh, the oldest of us. Jizza cousin, dirty cousin, and then Ghostface brother-in-law. Yeah. So and 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 father to your nieces and nephews. Yes. So everyone at this point has also become family. Yes. Okay. Yes. And and you think about you think about uh, the three right ghost ghost contribution to to the uh, to woo is also a lot of the strength, right? What I mean by the strength is like as you say, genuine article. Yeah, it will bust your ass. All right. At the same time, though, he'll pick you up and then give you a Band-Aid. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know that is real. When we, yo, we did the video for Cream, it was one of the funniest things that, that I, I said ever. It's cool and funny. So we we doing the video, right? And one of the one of the neighborhood homies, you know, he lost it. So he still had little muscles on that, but he was a little zoned out on, 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 on smoking. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And... And he comes in the trailer, you know, and, you know, we shoot in whatever. I guess he comes in the trailer, and he steals something, and he goes, right? But Ghost is in the trailer, right? But Ghost is asleep. But he, so he thinks Ghost is asleep, right? So I come in maybe two minutes later, and Ghost's like, hey, yo, yeah, homie just stole something, right? He said, I saw him like this. I was peeking at him with one eye. I was going to see if he's going to really do it. So he did it. Say, I said, what? He said, yeah, watch this. Oh, watch this. And he opens it. He calls him back. And the dude's like, nah, I gotta go. Nah, 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 come here for one second. Nah, I gotta go. I nah, can nah, literally nah, hear Ghostface. Just, 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 nah, I, swear, nah, I got something for you. Come here. And he call, he coerces him to come back. Oh, <laughs> right? And whips his ass. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shows him, I saw you, took it off him, whips his ass. It was cold that day. It was actually it was recorded as one of the coldest days. The camera froze during the cream video. Yeah, shoot. but that dude came up out of his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he still had some muscles, but then he was like, oh but but God. then wow. ghost, but ghost like yo, ghost said, I gave I gave you the mercy, and you still stole it. Like you know what I mean? Like you didn't like you didn't have to do that. And you thought I was sleep. You know what I mean? And he, and you wanted the homies from the hood. Like you know us. So what happens after that? Does he remain a homie after that, or like I said, you get a band, he could, and you'll, then you bandaid him up, put his coat back on, you know, I, yeah, yeah, he's still a homie. But he had to learn the lesson that yeah, day. Yeah, he's still a homie. Now you demote it down. Right, you're gonna have to work your way yeah, back, go up. back up. Now you sweeping, you sweeping, you sweeping the temple floor now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I get it. Yeah, oh, but anyway. Yo, uh, enter the Wu Tang, thirty years old. That means, by the way, in case you're wondering, when you made Wu-Tang, if y'all were to talk about an album of that same age at that time, it would have been an album that came out in 1963. Wow. It's so crazy when you put it that way. It's that's so wild. So that's like, what is that, the Beatles? <laughs> like the Beatles? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, like middle of Beatles career, right. you know? That is crazy. Beach Boys. Right. Stevie was already, Stevie was a kid. Right. That's um, crazy. Four, Jackson 5 were forming, you know, kind of coming together. Crazy. That's crazy you right. put it that way. Yeah. 30 years, man. It's and also it's, crazy to say Beast Boys. When I watched that movie. Um, the Brian Wilson movie? Yeah. I'm not, you know, I don't go, I don't got no doctor medicine or that stuff like that. I'm 200% sane, okay? Huh? But the way he was creating, I, re- I realized, like, wait, I get it. Oh, that's, yeah. how, that's how my brain works. You know what I mean? As a producer, you know what I mean? So it's interesting that... Uh, you go back 30 years earlier, here's another guy. By the way, who, it's, it's an interesting connection. The Brian Wilson, RZA, th- there is definitely a no, through line seriously. there. Seriously. Because what he was hearing on Pet Sounds and what he was doing 
was on some RZA enter the Wu-Tang. Yeah. This has never been done. Y'all got to trust me. Yeah, I, I never, just know what I'm doing. I didn't know that, until, but when I watched the movie, I was like, this, I get, I get this guy. Like, this guy, I'm very... Uh, Have you ever listened to that album with headphones on? Not with headphones, no. You should, you should give... You, giving Pet Sounds a listen with the headphones on okay. to hear what he was doing is... Okay. It reminds me it, does, it reminds me of you. It's like, you're just hearing things in different ways that... Oh, it's a, it's a beautiful album. Yeah. It's, a beautiful, it's, it's beautiful Honestly, album. it's so funny because people... Music is such a beautiful thing. Those albums are in my... That's in the same conversation to me. Right. I mean, that's... If you're talking about Pet Sounds and you're talking about Enter the Wu-Tang, I really do think you're talking about the greatest albums ever made. Like, these are in the conversation of... Greatest albums ever made. But that's a blessing. You know, that's a blessing. Do you, you know? feel it that way, though? I know you're very modest, but, like, you also know the greatness of the Wu. Do you believe that Enter the Wu-Tang should be in that conversation of the greatest of all time? I mean, putting my ego aside, I would say yes, once again, because of uh, as we started our conversation off talking about this year of November 9th and, and 1993 and that day. And we said, uh, I was saying it's a pillar. It's a, it's a lamppost. It's like, it's things that were before it, and then it's things after it, but it's a marker. It's like, wait, this this is a shift. So because that is a shift, and because it spawned so much... Uh, Took hip-hop around the world in different ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think hip-hop is what it is in other continents without Enter the Wu-Tang. Yeah, so I, I, I... You know, Rolling Stone, who we, you know, we, you know, we love Rolling Stone. The Rolling Stone magazine been around for, you know... They have their hits, they have their misses, but we all respect the, the brand. Yeah, respect the brand. Um, when they la when they labeled their top 500 albums, uh, and 36 was in that, right? Uh, you know, that, that felt good. It felt like I agreed, right? Uh, and then, you know, they did it years ago, but then they did it again, right, within the last two years. Mm -hmm. And I think 36 may have been, like, in the 90s. Now it's up in the, you know what I mean? up in the top 30 or something like that. But it makes sense, because when you think about the constant evolution of hip-hop's right. importance... Right. right. And that, the people who were at kind of ranking these and how it affected right, right. them, that, you know what I mean, emotionally, right. socially at the time. It makes yeah. sense that it yeah, would go yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. But then the craziest part of the whole thing is we could have this whole conversation, and then if you were to ask me to say, choose between Enter the Wu-Tang and the same album that came that day, Midnight Marauders, I'd be like, I don't know what I'd do. Because right. they dropped a totally different sounding... Tough, tough one. And exact, and, and also incredibly pivotal and important growth-wise for hip-hop, too. The Electric Relaxation song, right? <laughs> it's the first time that hip-hop was brave enough to do a 12-8 count. Go explain that for the, for the music layman's out here. Well, normally it's one bar or two bars, right? Two bars or four bars. It's not three bars. It's not going to be... One, two, three, four, one. Like it goes, doom, 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 on the three. Mm -hmm. And it's looping like that. Hip hop hasn't done that yet. Watch when it drops. Once the sound, actual sample comes in. Instead of the fourth bar. Yeah, hip hop does it, it, does, it never did that before. At this point in your life, did you are, were you already cool with Tribe? Did you know them? Oh yeah, we knew each other since high school. Okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean? You've known them since high school? Yeah. Q-Tip and Old Dirty Bastard battled in high school. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Really? Yeah, yeah, I'll leave, leave that story for Tip, but... <laughs> um, yeah, no, um, you know, since high school, I, I, I know, I know, you know, hip, that's the beautiful thing about our generation of hip hop too, is if you think about it, you look at bus, like me and bus used to be sneaking in the clubs together that's and, so and crazy. I'm, we meet each other at the spot, whatever, oh, you know, having knowledge of self, right? So peace to the God, right? And, 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 and just no, nobody got a record deal yet. Yeah, it's wild right. that y'all have these connections going back I that know, far. I know, I yeah. know. And yeah. did you, y'all knew that your projects were dropping at the same time? No, we didn't know that though. Okay. I mean, Tribe was already yeah, yeah. going. Yeah, they were out of here. This is album three for them. Yeah, yeah. There was once they dropped the lower end theory. Yeah. And because they, they're post scenario at this point, Tribe's situation is totally different. So y'all, it's funny they're the same day, but you guys are trying to prove that this thing can work. Right. And you and Jizza specifically being like, we got it right this time, we know what we're doing. And then these other guys being like, let's see if this works. 
Tribe is coming off of, mm -hmm. we just had our biggest success. Scenario was just the blue, it was the last single off the album, Blue. Yep. And I remember when they premiered Award Tour, whereas your first single off that album was this creeper from the indies, right. Award Tour was radio stations being like, yeah, yeah, new yeah. tribe, new right, tribe. Right. Like it was yeah, a yeah. big, mm -hmm. it was a big deal. Yeah. Even when you listen to Award Tour, it's a big sounding record. Yeah. Put Dayla on the hook. Yeah. I, like, it's a, it's it's a big. bigger it's thing. It's big, yeah. But like it's it's such an amazingly important day, and both of you guys reached a lot more people than we'd seen reached before. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I sort well, both of both albums are platinum, and, and and like, but there was something of there was an accessibility to both. Here's the thing about Midnight Marauders and Enter the Wu Tang. As a white kid from the suburbs who fell in love with hip hop enough to make my whole life of it, mm. sometimes I get embarrassed to say that Midnight Marauders might be my favorite album because it almost feels cliched. In right. the sense that, like, every white kid that I knew who wasn't <laughs> in it as hard as I was, it was also their favorite album. Right. But it was same with Wu-Tang. Right. Those were the two albums that I started seeing other kids who I'd never heard talk about hip-hop start to talk about hip-hop. Mm. And to your guys' credit, it also worked with the crowd that was already into hip-hop. Right. It was totally, like, the black crowd loved both albums, but the white kids who hadn't experienced it yet it was accessible in right, some way right. that they hadn't experienced. So you guys both, Tribe and Wu-Tang, brought a lot of money and eyeballs yeah. to hip-hop. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Uh, it's like a tribe and a clan. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yo, crazy, right? <laughs> tribe and a clan. Um, yeah, man. I hope tribe you know you're so loved. Clan. I mean, look, Rihanna named her son after Yo, you. <laughs> yeah, what do you think about that? <laughs> That's a blessing. It's an honor. It's so fire. Yeah, it's a blessing. It's an honor. Yeah. And rocking. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, wait, by the way, don't, you can't forget about the lineage there. Yeah, yeah. Rocky's named after Rakim. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now his child's named after Reza. That's yeah, so it's dope. a blessing, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Remember when I first That's met funny, him? Yeah. He, once again, another, you know, we get these, you know, people in our culture that see the vision, see a path, and live it. Mm -hmm. And when I first met Rocky, he, uh, he said, yeah, I'm going to be. You know what I mean? Like he knew, yeah, he, 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 he may have said, I'm the new you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo, all praises do. You know what I mean? And he saw that he was going to be successful. He was going to rock the world and spread his, 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 his talent and his culture and his crew on the map. He saw it. And the same thing with uh, Tyler. Tyler, yeah. I knew, I knew you were going to no, say No, seriously. I, yeah. they was, I think about them, I was laughing because I was like, they, there was, they was, was, was loving, they was loving too much bacon. I was like, y'all got to stop eating pork. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I'll try to, I'll try yeah, to clean course, up the black course. man, mind and body. We got to at least stop eating swine. And that's, that's, <laughs> but, 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 um, not nah, same thing. That these, these young dudes, him, Earl and them, they were, they saw what they was going to do with the confidence. And believed in each other. Yeah. yeah. And they, and, and you know what they did that was so, that was, it was kind of funny that I, I thought about us. And you do this when you're young. You ask, they actually laugh at everything else. You laugh at... I've seen Karras one laughing at, uh, at Melly Mel before. You know what I mean? When he was the man, we had the Latin quarters, he was like... Because like, he knew it was... Because KRS knew it was him. It's his time now, yeah. You feel it. Yeah, this is when like, you feel it, all it, 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 it's, not, it's not a disrespectful laugh. It's more, it's more like, it's like... It's like Dave Chappelle knowing when he's about to like... Man, y'all like that? Even Watch know. this, yo. And, you know what and, I mean? and Tyler, Tyler is such an apt comp. It may be the most apt comparison you could make, right? Because Tyler is the, the the clear, decided leader. He was like, I I have this thing. Trust me. He was the producer, and MC. Yeah. And then because of the blueprints that you guys have presented before them, you know, Rocky, Tyler, all these guys, they've gotten to become so successful. You know what I mean? Like super successful. The place that Tyler's at right now, the money he's getting for shows, the arena tours, the he got his own festival. He's got a festival. He's <laughs> his got, own it's, festival, yo. It's yeah. it's, it's my, my my son my son uh, is asking for tickets right now. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, we are so honored that we got to share this day with you, yeah, bro. Thank, thank you. you, thank you, yo. It's been a pleasure, and uh, bonk bonk for thank you for all the years of of especially you, bro, of of of, of just supporting Woo and. And uh, keeping keeping that argument going, you know what I mean? Listen, I I was not going to be the nerd that I was, get to a platform and start forgetting the people who 
Like, yo, it's the same with Dave Chappelle, right? Right. Chappelle says Wu-Tang literally all the time. Syph told me Chappelle hangs up the phone by saying Wu-Tang. That's his goodbye. Right. Like, Wu-Tang. You know what I mean? <laughs> Certain people of that generation were never letting go because we know what you guys meant to this this whole thing. So uh, we're, we're super grateful you were here, man. Bonk, bonk. Thank you. Rizzo. That was a gem, bro. Oh, Thank you.